your head out of the clouds Get your feet back on the ground Get stuck into pop culture We'd stick around Hello there and welcome to Stick Around Corona, Corona Oh, it's been so long Corona, Corona I'm bored and alone Everyone's just 2D now, baby And I'm stuck in Brought to you by Corona Lager, the official beer of Richard Maidley. <laughs> doesn't really matter if that doesn't make sense to anyone, does it? I mean, it made zero sense to me until a minute ago, so, yes. I mean... Who, is, who even is he? <laughs> Richard and Judy? <laughs> Richard. You know... You know, Richard and oh, Judy. This morning. Was oh, Richard that Richard. Judy. Okay, right. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. I only know him when you mention his feminine counterpart. <laughs> then, then I get it. Which one's the reverse patriot? It's reverse patriot. It's reverse patriarchy. Um, okay. Um, what episode are we on? Well, let's. let's, let's this is episode I'm 146. 146? That can't be right. Yeah. It's got to be way more than that. But um, No, it's not. It's 146, I believe. I'm guessing that uh, that sound vacuum was the bit where I was supposed to pop, uh, yeah. uh, move in and pop. Yeah, you were expecting you to. As designated host, I was thinking, someone's got to steer this train on track. Yeah. No, yeah, it's 146. <laughs> It's like that uh, conference call at work where you just like someone's uh, it's gone silent, so you know it's supposed to be you speaking, yeah. and you realise you've not paid attention for the last two minutes, and you're just like, uh, so, so you type in the chat, uh, Skype's broken. Um, well, I'll, I'll log it back in. I was paying attention. I'm just clueless. Yeah. Well, but you are, but you are listening to episode 146 of Stick Around with me. Popping my hosting cherry, as I just said, um, in, the, in the least professional manner possible. Uh, we've got we've got four experts here today for a general roundup. So we've got Clive Fisher, ahoy, Dave Peeling, hello there, Alex Wayne, hi, and myself, Michael Johnson. How are we all doing? You're pretty good. Um, I'm not quite insane, but I'm getting there. Um, <laughs> I think, resorted, resorted to taunting your cat, I heard. Well, it, it, not so much taunting as it is, you know, giving him, you know, some much-needed exercise, uh, jumping at the walls. Um, I'll, I'll may, 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 maybe put that, maybe put that on the official stick around Instagram later. Um, <laughs> cat jumps at curtains, endless fun. Oh, in fact, here he is. He's actually just joined me on the recording. Which um, one? <laughs> uh, both of them actually. I'm surrounded. Uh, <laughs> uh, what what have you been doing, Michael? To revi- how have you gone insane? 
I haven't yet. I'm perfectly fine at the moment. Unless that's, like, self-denial. I don't know. Only time will tell, I suppose. Have Have you reorganised your incredible CD collection yet? No, um, people are always offended when they find out it's not in alphabetical order. Um, I'm not. That is outright. I, I don't like it enough. But what? How do you alphabet? How do you alphabetalize it? it? By Some artist. people I know have done it by album name. I'm no, like, that, what are you that's doing? Wrong. Oh my that's god! Absolutely no, that's, that's, wrong. That's psychopathic. Mine are all grouped, <laughs> mine are all grouped by <laughs> artist. It's just not in any particular order. And I mean, if you okay. if you go alphabetical, it it's you'd have to move every album every time you bought one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, what's wrong with that? There's quite a lot of albums here. That's what's wrong with that. Endless procrastination. Um. (laughs) Even in lockdown, I don't have time for that shit. (laughs) You'll be doing it soon, in a few weeks' time. Um, Has anyone started any DIY tasks? Yes. You have? Uh, Oh, bloody... Well, uh, well, well, it wasn't really me. Um, A couple of... Weeks ago, when we were on uh, Dave Peeling's Stag Do, um, my girlfriend Nicola decorated our living room, and I've been doing the finishing touches. So, you know, I'm kind of like that, you know, the dickhead editor who's going, "Yep, you could have uh, maybe tidied up up a bit there." Um, so yeah, we've been doing the living room. <laughs> okay, lovely. We have not. We're thinking of taking apart the bed just for the crack. <laughs> um, <laughs> for the bants <laughs> just, just for the bants yeah <laughs> want it to feel like proper isolation just like no furniture fucking really bring it, bring, really bring it back to the roots I'm resigned to the fact that I'm going to have to cut my grass usually I lean heavily on hair fever to get my dad to do it <laughs> <laughs> they're, well they're, he's not uh, going to have to be he could, he could count as his exercise, although no, he's got to drive to do his exercise, which is now not, which is now frowned upon. Yeah, they're, well, they're um, shielding over there and banned from over there. So, oh, so I see. Okay. Gonna have to get the lawnmower out, aren't I? <laughs> did anyone see the uh, the shaming of everyone in the Peak District? My favourite thing. I did. No, yeah. what happened? <laughs> uh, there was just like some Derbyshire police video of uh, people in the Peak District. There's like a couple walking with no one nearby, <laughs> and it was like I can't remember. What, for some reason, it was like not essential. And then my favourite bit was someone had someone had taken a one like a fifty centimetre detour. It was like drone footage to take an Instagram picture at well a selfie somewhere, and it said taking a selfie not essential. <laughs> it's like <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> If you're going to go via that, then you need to stop the supermarket selling everything but bread and water. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's absolutely insane. So, someone had... They, they bothered to get a drone out and fly it through the sky. <laughs> they found a car park that had like three cars that weren't parked right directly next to each other and went, none of these vehicles are supposed to be here. <laughs> what? <laughs> Even, what? <laughs> a couple walking their dog in the Peak District. It was absolutely insane. Did you did you see that the Monster Raving Looney Party actually came up with the most sensible solution um, to stop people just panic buying? You know, just do away with trolleys and just give them about ba- everyone a basket each. <laughs> and I think they said it as a joke, but that sounds like a good idea to me. You know, if you can't get it in a basket, you can't have it. I've heard other people say that, so it seems like that is a very popular idea. Yeah, it actually makes sense. Yeah, I like it. 
But then the only problem is then if people get bring loads of people out and then you've got another problem. Well, you've got a whole the... family. Everyone grab a, grab yeah. a basket. Yeah. <laughs> Go it's on, also... Toby. I know you're only two years old, but grab that basket. It's also it's possible that right. the people I've heard say, say that were secretly members of the party. Can't rule that out. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know... I, you can't really rule out anybody coming into power in this day and age, can you? So, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Boris could be... I mean, he could be a monster revenue loony leader, couldn't he? Really? No. He would probably make it, yeah. I'm not sure he could. I, I, I'm not sure he's got the, you know, the political nous. <laughs> the, the, the integrity. Wow. Wasn't the party led by a cat at one point? <laughs> Because the, the, the leader died and left the party to his cat, I think. <laughs> okay. Well, That's not democracy, is it? So, no. I'll put a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Should we crack on? No, that's, that's yeah, let's get going. Go yeah. on, then. Okay, let's go... I think, for a start, let's go to uh, the quarantine capital and let's hear what Dave's got for us. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um... Yeah, so uh, I've been making the most of my quarantine by cursing having just finished binge-watching Friends a fortnight ago, Um, and we're currently binge-watching Modern Family, Um, so that leaves us with plenty of... uh, that occupies an awful lot of time in our uh, otherwise not very busy evenings that we could be spending kind of broadening our horizons and checking out new films or whatever's down our list of things to watch. So um, aside from that, which we've already spoken, I think, a long time ago on this podcast about, when I get five minutes to myself on the toilet, I'm currently playing a lot of Mario Kart Tour. Mario Kart Tour is uh, a version of Mario Kart out for um, iOS. Um, You can also find it on Android. So it's designed to be played on... um, mobile based on the world of uh, Mario Kart developed by Nintendo and it, it's um, the 14th kind of version of Mario Kart in the in the franchise um, it's been out since late September it's uh, a, a version of the game obviously designed to be played with um, kind of one thumb so races uh, take place in tours tour is made up of a series of different cups with different uh, tracks in each cup, kind of similar to how you remember Mario Kart. But the um, some of the big differences include uh, races being limited to two laps, you not being in control of brake or accelerate, the cart constantly accelerates. Uh, and these kind of features are designed to enable it to be played a little bit more on the on the go. So uh, unlike, unlike other Mario Kart games, rather than this being all about focusing on you finishing first, this is about this is the game focused on you accumulating points, and then points are used to unlock the next entry in the cup. Um, so you get uh, points for hitting people with, uh, with weapons, for defending uh, against weapon attacks, and then there are multipliers applied for long combos which are made up of all the kind of moves that you remember uh, including uh, power sliding and using mushrooms to to get ahead so after the after the race is finished you're given a you're given 
grand stars and grand stars are used to unlock gifts and uh, uh, new carts, gliders and characters. At the start of March, Mario Kart added uh, the multiplayer function. So previously, the seven people you were racing against were AI. Now you can sign up to multiplayer and the other, char- the other people you're racing against, you're racing with live. The, the main difference between uh, the multiplayer mode and the normal mode is that kind of character select and tour select and the speed of your carts are all locked in. But otherwise, it runs it runs fairly smoothly as a as a multiplayer game on your phone. I guess um, some of the downsides to this to the game, it does feel like a little bit of a slimmed down version of Mario Kart. It is it's not quite as um, satisfying to to race at the higher powers and not be in control of braking and power and know that you're not doing that yourself. And the races at two laps on some of the courses, some courses are only kind of 15 seconds long, so a race can be over very, very quickly indeed. And even outside of the multiplayer mode, you need a constant internet connection for this game. Now, I appreciate that lots of games are moving to that now, but I'm not sure that's entirely um, that's entirely appropriate for uh, a mobile game. It's nice to be able to um, stick your phone on airplane mode whilst you're on the bus or, or whatever and coming in and out of um, decent mobile uh, connection. That said, it's um, it's really very much a spiritual success to all the other Mario Kart games you've ever played. It's a lot of fun. It has all the things that you remember. Um, the the same uh, similar characters, uh, weapons. It goes back and visits courses that you remember playing on uh, N64 or NES and, and, and whatever else and they also in these fortnightly um, world tours add new courses periodically based on different cities around the world so there's a London, a Paris, a Vancouver, a, a Tokyo uh, new courses that are added every now and again um, so yeah so if, you, uh, if you're looking for a game to play when you've got five minutes to yourself um, and you can just drop in and out of for a quick race at a time. I very much recommend Mario Kart Tour. I haven't played this, but I keep getting hounded to play it. I think I've resisted it just because um, I don't know. I just thought it would kind of <clears throat> because it's spoil not double the Mario. Dash. Yeah, it's not double dash. It's not the GameCube, is it? So uh, you know, I don't want to sully my reputation as the greatest of all time. Um, <laughs> Clive, have you played this one? Um, I haven't, no. Um, same thing, I haven't really, I don't think I've played any Nintendo phone games just because I don't really play games on my phone, although I have recently played some board games on my phone, so I think it sounds good, I need to check it out. And there's a few others I need to check out as well. <clears throat> but yeah, this sounds uh, better than I thought it was, having read very little. I've read very little about what's going on in gaming anyway, but yeah, this you've certainly sold me on it, Dave, so I'll check it out. It's um, it's free. Is it free to play? And then there's... Um, Certain things you can buy, isn't there? That kind of model. Yeah, exactly. So you, um, it's it's free to get. It's free to do all the races. Um, there aren't any races that aren't open to you. The only thing that isn't open to you, unless you pay for the gold pass, is the two hundred cc too fast mode, which is uh, which I have played on a seven day free trial, and it's just fucking ridiculous. 
Um, <laughs> okay. It does mean that some of the thing you, you don't unlock um, characters or gliders or carts at the same rate as you would if you had the gold pass. Um, mm. But there aren't any. There's, there's no part of it that is, um, with the exception of that powered up mode. There's nothing that you can't get for free, but just with a bit more grind and a bit slower. Dave, you said you played this on the toilet quite a lot. How many yeah. races would you complete while taking a shit? <laughs> uh, oh, I could, well, I, could shit, surely. Couple, I could definitely do a couple of cups. <laughs> <laughs> Has it led to you developing piles? Have you been on the toilet too long? <laughs> Not yet, but it could be a long lockdown. This is true. This I'd is love true. to see that side effect on the on the game box. Yeah. Are they uh, still a thing, game boxes? Um, not for mobile games, no, Michael. Yeah, this this is how much I have to offer on this subject. Do you ha- have you played any mobile games, Michael? Depends how you define a game, doesn't it? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, your fucking notepad is not a game, but I've you know. Snake. Right, oh, no, so back, really back in the day, yeah. <laughs> Old <Okay. school. laughs> I've got, uh, I've got a newfound respect for you, Alex. Why? Um, I'd, I'd, it's difficult to know when to jump in and move this on, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm very suspicious of you having ago. any kind of respect for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right, right. let's move on then. That, that's acceptable, I think, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not going to have to have a referendum every time. Um, You're coming into your own here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm developing. Uh, we're going to go. I'm going to go last because I don't think I've ever gone last. So we're going to go. <laughs> going to go through Stockton now, which is just up the road, but in the current circumstances, it feels like it might as well be on the other side of the planet. And um, <laughs> hear what Alex Wayne's got to say. Uh, okay, well, f- since you mentioned Stockton, I'd better mention the coronavirus news here. Uh, there's a Daily Mail story nationally uh, shaming peop- Stockton's home bargain shoppers uh, for buying lamps and um, mirrors, apparently, during the lockdown, which seems a bit harsh to me because if you go in there for vital supplies and you buy a mirror, I don't really have a problem. You know, it's if you're just going there for the mirror. Are you saying they've spun it? They've spun it a bit. Yeah, I think they have, yeah. Um, <laughs> went in for the mirror, shit. Better get a couple of bags of Funyuns or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Although there, anyway, was, was it- there was the superb news story from Stockton the other night, though, uh, on, on the local news. A guy had popped out to get some bechamel sauce for his palmo because he didn't know how to make any from scratch. To be fair, though... I hadn't, no. I mean, the takeaways are still delivering, so, you know, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah. Then, then there was, at the end, even better, there was a random woman who was out and about who claimed she didn't know anything about what was going on. And then the, report, the reporter said, did you not see Boris's announcement? And she said, oh, I don't watch it. So, I don't know what that meant, but oh, that was pretty <laughs> Don't watch that famous TV show, <laughs> Boris's announcement. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be boring. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, it's been a long time since we've um, kind of done new reviews on this show, um, and since we've talked, it, it would be tempting to review *Parasite*, um, uh, a film which you know has gathered all the awards and um, you know is my favourite film of the year so far. UK release that is, 
Um, but it feels like everybody's done Parasite already. Um, so I'm going to talk about the last film I saw at the cinema before the lockdown, which will probably, even if, even if it had been a terrible film, would hold a dear place in my heart um, just for it being the last film I saw at the cinema before cinemas went under, which is a possibility. Um it's the latest uh, Pixar film, Onward, um, directed by Dan Scanlan, who has done other Pixar films before, starring Tom Holland uh, and Chris Pratt, Julie, Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Octavia Spencer. Um, this is set in a kind of fan- fantasy world in which magic no longer exists, so all the characters are either elves or centaurs, etc., the birth of technology has essentially killed off magic in the world and they essentially live like us, albeit, you know, with um, magical bodies, if you like. Um, the story revolves around uh, the younger brother, played by Tom Holland, um, on his 16th birthday, being gifted a wizard staff uh, from his dead father. So his dead father leaves a wizard staff to him and his older brother, which can only be used once both of them are of age. And it comes with a magical spell, which means that they can bring back their dead dad for for one day only. Um, they go into this with the glee. Uh, unfortunately, um, as per any teenage boys, they fuck it up, and they only bring back the lower half of their dad, so his kind of his feet up to his waist. Um, they set off on the a worst quest. Part. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably. If yeah. You had to pick a half. You know, it's probably not going to be that one, is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, this sets up the film off on a quest where they attempting to find another magic stone so they can bring back their dad, and they've only got uh, a certain amount of hours to do it because the initial spell will only last for 24 hours. Um, so it's kind of a classic kind of quest um, with the comedic elements. Now, this wasn't a film I was massively looking forward to. Had it not been Pixar, um, I probably wouldn't have given it the benefit of the doubt. Um and I've got to say, the first half of the film is is okay. It's pretty good. Um, it kind of sets up the relationships. It's fairly funny. Um, but it also felt a little bit tired to start with. Um, you know, the film heavily borrows on, you know, our obsession with things like Game of Thrones, uh, although it has no direct references. And it didn't feel like it was massively doing anything new to start with. And um, I think that's a fair criticism. But... Um, this film is one of those unusual films that, um, whether it means to or not, has the entire first, well, maybe three quarters of the film uh, as a setup for the last quarter. So the last quarter of the film is absolutely superb and probably ranks up there with some of the best work Pixar have ever done. Um, I won't spoil it for anybody, but it's an incredibly emotionally satisfying payoff in the end, which I would call you dead inside, possibly dead on the outside, if you um, uh, if you <laughs> if you aren't prepared to shed tears. <laughs> um, yeah, th- this one wouldn't be one for watching during a coronavirus pandemic because people are going to be leaking fluids everywhere. Um, <laughs> now that that needs to be on the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> no, I absolutely love this film. It was, I think, I think this film kind of summed up the fact that sometimes a film is most judgeable by its final act. Um, I came out of the cinema 
not having forgotten that the first half or you know two thirds were not in, not incredible, but I came out of it thinking that was a classic. Um, can before I go on, can anyone else think of an example of a film that wasn't that great where its ending kind of rescued it? Uh, I've like, like been like in me. school, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of plenty of films where I wouldn't say they weren't great, but I wasn't sure, and then the ending made me giddy because it was so, it sealed it so perfectly. I mean, God, the, the the gift give... is the one I'm thinking of at the moment. But... Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. but yeah, I, I think this is this this isn't um, Pixar's best work. Um, their best work is good from minute one to the final minute, but uh, the likes of Inside Out, Toy Story, etc. But this possibly has, at least for me personally, had uh, one of the biggest emotional payoffs. Um, perfectly judged. Um, I, I think it probably lacks the introspection of some Pixar films, but manages to... They are the masters of emotional manipulation. And, you know, I, for one, am happy to be manipulated. Um, <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I have a while. Um, for the boat. <laughs> what are we if you're if you if you're a fan of most Pixar, this is definitely the you know it's not Toy Story, it's not Inside Out, but it is it's certainly one of their stronger emotional payoffs. Um, d- did anyone even have any plans to see this one? No, but uh, the, the plot alone has sold me. Sounds absolutely balmy. Yeah, I mean it's yeah it's it's an interesting setup. Can you imagine that the way they pitched that at Pixar HQ? So they only bring back their dad's their dad's leg and dick. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm never sure about Pixar films, but Inside Out was amazing. Um, this just sounds interesting. Yeah. Well, they haven't made many Duff ones. I think probably the Cars franchise. I haven't seen them, but you know, oh yeah, when, when I say I'm never sure, I mean I'm never sure I want to see them. It's not. It's not mm. that I think they're crap. It's just I never well, I, end up watching them. I, I don't know how they do it because it's not the same people every time, but they've got this quality of um, you know making a, essentially kids' movies that are appealing to adults. And I think that they've just got this absolute knack, this intuition um, for hitting the right emotional notes, the right kind of um, the right notes, kind of on a societal level. Um, I mean, like I said, the, the Cars franchise, the Good Dinosaur, not so great, but um, you know, Don't for say every that to Josh, he'll kill you. Well, what does he, does he like? The Good Dinosaur. Josh loves the Good Dinosaur. Yeah, he said it's the best film. He said it's Pixar's best. I, I might be misquoting him here. It's, it's like one of his Terminator Three opinions. <laughs> oh, right. <God>. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just going to say he's definitely said that it's definitely Pixar's best film by a country mile. A country Ooh, mile. Interesting. Interesting. I, I feel like every podcast needs to be punctuated by one of his opinions. <laughs> yeah, even if he's <laughs> not on it, we'll we'll we contact opinion, him yeah. and then you read <laughs> and Josh's opinion of the week. Yes, it's going to be his shit. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real one? Uh, I, d- I have no idea. Does he, like <laughs> he thinks what is shit? <laughs> Weetabix. Does he like Weetabix? I don't know. Weetabix. Um... We never shuts up about him. We'll find out. We'll find out. <laughs> I don't, I've never seen him eat Weetabix, so I don't think he's particularly keen on it. So it might be true. 
What's everybody's? So before we move on to somebody else, what's everyone's favourite Pixar film? I thought you were going to say serial. Well, um, yeah, we'll do both. Okay, both. So, favourite <laughs> Pixar film and favourite serial. Clive, you're going favorite first. Favourite serial is, hands down, Cinnamon Graham's. Right, okay. Um, favourite Pixar film? That's a good question. Uh, probably Wally. Okay. Dave Peeling? Uh, crunching up cornflakes inside out. What a combo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Johnson? Is Toy Story one or not? Yes. Wow. Toy Story Cocoa Pops. <laughs> that seems like a good sort of combo, actually. Yeah. yeah. Basically, I've been changed w- since I was eight. I, I'm going to go for... Um, I, I was nearly going to say Inside Out, but I'll say Toy Story 3, Golden Grahams. <laughs> yeah, Golden Grahams are better than Cinnamon Grahams. Wow. I mean, if you're not even the best Graham, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> That should be a that should be a poll on our website. Yeah, best Graham. <laughs> but people can't know what Golden Grahams are anymore, so it feels like it's a, it's targeted to a very specific audience. Cinnamon, Soonest, Golden, in that order. <laughs> oh, is that the? <laughs> I think that's the end of that serial. Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's that's put a cap on that one, hasn't it? Yeah. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Let's move on then to our uh, our third our third section. We'll go to the Steel City. Clive Fisher, what have you got? Aye, aye, aye. Problems. That's what I've got. Now um, I'm going to talk about uh, Bob Dylan's latest latest song, "Murder Most Foul," uh, which came out over at midnight. I woke up and I was like. Uh, I opened my Instagram, um, I opened it, I pressed, whatever, started like, looking through and then there's a thing saying, Bob was talking to me, he was like, oh, thanks for all your help and support, fans, here's a thing, a little thing I've had lying around for a while, um, you might like it. You got sort of Dylan senses, Clive, did it work, you could sense it coming, walk you up. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Because he's been dead for years. No, um... <laughs> <laughs> well that's what I thought and it, when I first saw the message I thought fuck Chrome has got him <laughs> um, but no then he was just but he was talking to fans and I was like this, is, this isn't Bob Bob doesn't talk to fans don't be stupid but it, it turns out it was Bob so I thought it was just someone having a bit of a joke um, so yeah he released this song I was like alright okay let's go on, a, go on Spotify 17 minutes long I was like yes this, this is the Bob I know Um so yeah, I played it pretty much straight away on my new beautiful headphones that I bought for for, for isolation. Because yeah, I figured if I'm going to be isolated, I'm going to listen to music in great quality while I'm at Ooh, it. Not essential. Um, well, I ordered them in from Amazon, but did did sneeze on the Amazon driver as he delivered it. So. <laughs> Make of that what you will. Um, <laughs> so yeah, start, uh, so I'm going to review a song. Just think the first time I've ever done it, which. Considering it's 17 minutes long is less difficult than you might imagine. Um, this is actually his longest song now, um, overtaking, oh, fuck's sake, Dylan Knowledge has dropped off the, the it's a song from Time Out of Man that's really, really fucking long. Uh, oh, <laughs> this, is long this is longer than that. Uh, the last song, I remember it, it. Which, is, which is great. But uh, yeah, if you could Highlands, that, isn't it? Yeah. Highlands. Yeah, something like that. 
um, which is a great song, but it's not as long as this. This, this is longer, so, and as we know, it's long, longer is better. Um, so the song features really minimal instrumentation. It's limited essentially to like a piano and a kind of rumbling cello, which plays to no beat or structure, really. They just play kind of gently guiding Dylan's rusty, aged, wise vocals along as he rhymes his way through Kennedy's assassination and then endless references from the decades before and beyond. There's everything here from Nightmare on Elm Street to uh, obscure references such as um, an American folk song called Tom Dooley, which is apparently about a murder in 1866 uh, and everything in between. There's all sorts. There's Queen. There's other stuff. I mean, the, if you there's a website called Genius, which sort of um, where people can comment on lyrics and sort of write their interpretations of certain lines. If you go to the Genius website's page for this song, it's just chock full of notes. Uh, <laughs> this song has on there more notes than most albums do. Every line's got a multitude of things behind it. Um, it's it's quite amazing. It's, it's it's sort of a you could probably spend three or four hours just reading that Genius article and ending up in a hole of various things and finding discovering things that you'd not. Uh, heard of before, um, which is pretty fantastic. Um, this, the second half is apparently some, someone on Genius thinks it's, uh, and everyone seems to agree, so maybe they're getting some of that I'm not. Uh, J- JFK's ghost kind of telling the famous DJ Wolfman Jack uh, to play endless songs, uh, which is some people have uh, claimed, claimed it's a bit repetitive, and I can see what they mean because he just tells, he just kind of lifts endless songs for, this, for Wolfman Jack to play. But uh, to me, it has this kind of endless, uh, really cool mystique to it. Uh, that part, and I really like it. And I think also, if you're going to make a song 17 minutes long, you're not you're not worrying about editing at that point, are you? you know, fuck it, um, just <laughs> chuck it all in. Who cares? No one's going to go. Oh, it was a minute too long. Um, it's, if, if you don't like long songs, you're just going to not like it. Um, so Murder Most Foul is a song, it's, it's a song from a man who takes in everything around him, a man who spent more than 70 years being kind of an observer and a thinker, and a man who can take the simplest rhyming structure, uh, who can throw the idea that he probably shouldn't write a song that's just 17 minute, that's like a 17 minute long verse, uh, just throws that completely out the window and makes something magical and evocative. There's, there's just no way this really should work. He's like I say, the, the, the rhyming structure is the simplest one you could think of. He doesn't, there's no, I guess there's a melody if you if you're clutching at straws but it's the exact same melody for the entire 17 minutes um <laughs> and sure it's not gonna, it's not the kind of thing you're going to put on in the background although i don't think it's offensive if you do um but if you sit down and pay attention to it for 17 minutes you'll do well not to be swept away into a man kind of describing a world that despite all its ills and untimely deaths and assassinations is actually rather spectacular and beautiful in its chaos well at least that's what i took from it um, and let's not forget that this was just a B-side or something that a lot of people are thinking it's from Tempest that it came out in 2012 it's probably just had lying around for years <laughs> and probably didn't think it was very good uh, and then you thought well, everyone's stuck in isolation why not release this um, he's a treasure the man's a treasure um, and just an, another note I watched uh, One Planet yesterday which kind of reminded me of um, well, just how fabulous you know the natural the natural world is, uh, and and also how we're fucking it up. As a side note, but um, this song reminded me a little bit more of about how fabulous the you know the human world is, and how fantastic all these, how kind of fascinating the history and all these events and all these people that we've had exist, and all this art that's been made, and all these songs that have been written, and all that kind of stuff is as well, and that are kind of surrounded by. Just fabulous stuff on all fronts, really. Um, which is nice to be reminded of in a time when you're just stuck in your house. So, yeah, Bob, Murder Most Foul, fabulous. Love it. Um, Michael, 
Have you heard this yet? No, not yet. Um, it's not on CD. Um, no. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> he's not uh, personally sent a CD to everyone's house yet. He's that's the thing. It, I've had to it? resort. To, I've had to resort to buying album, new albums on iTunes this week. I mean, I'm not. Oh, oh, oh no! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> So, someone at work said that they thought that by the end of this I'd have resorted to streaming. They're very wrong, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think a few more weeks down the line. <laughs> Do you reckon? Uh, are you going to... Um, um, the new albums you've bought, Michael, are you going to burn them to CD yourself? No, I'm going to buy them on CD once that becomes possible again. So, yeah. <laughs> Maybe this whole thing... twice? Yeah, this whole thing is just a massive marketing technique, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Aimed solely at me. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I haven't listened to much of Dylan's newest material. I think the last um, the last album I've actually heard was um, be Modern Times, 2006. Um, so I haven't really heard much lately. But this, this track seems to have been um, loved since it came out the other day, although that might just be because everyone's bored off their tits. I don't know. Um, mm. <laughs> but obviously, obviously, it's not just going to be that, is it? It's Dylan. So, um, yeah. The song is called Highlands. Uh, Marco, you're right. That was 16 minutes 31 seconds, so it's barely shorter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I'll definitely give it a listen at some point. But there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of even though I love. Dillard, I'm, I'm mine to the uh, the classic periods, 60s and 70s, <clears throat> and I do love Time Out of Mind as well. But there's a lot that I haven't explored, like I think Clive has. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, the 60s 60s is my favourite Dylan, and nothing's going to top it. But I think there's a lot of um, 80s was there's some questionable stuff. But even in the 80s, there's some there's some gold. Um, yeah. and I th- I think his recent stuff is really that good. Was Bob I like his kind of that husk. <laughs> Okay. I think I, I, well, I think have listened I like to the latest more husky stuff. Sorry, I think there's a lot of delay no. on mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it might be, be yeah. mine. A little bit. I was just gonna say I've listened to it once, uh, and that I mean I enjoyed it, but that might be enough. I think I found it. Um, I can personally, I can see why it wasn't released. I know you're a big fan, Clive, but um, it was a little bit rambly for me. But it was it, it was interesting all the same. I think that would be my my opinion. Don't kill me, Clive. No, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> Just have you, hurt me. Have your parents listened to it, Alex? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they'd have the means to listen to it. Does it? Is it on YouTube? Do we know? Uh, I imagine it probably is on YouTube. Yeah, I don't know for certain, but at one mm. point there wasn't any Dylan on YouTube, so I don't know about that. Don't know what the status is now. Um, there's some stuff from his official page. That if ever if ever anyone tries to put some stuff up, it usually gets removed. Yeah, but there is, style. he does release yeah. stuff on his official thing. So I imagine this will be uh, on there, but I don't know. Okay, right. I'll move on. Um, I'll round this off. Uh, I've uh, well, this isn't what I'm going to talk about, but I'll I'll just mention that my uh, my lockdown viewing so far has been it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which I'd never seen. Uh, so I've started that. Jealous. I was uh, my, my ambitious idea was to try and burn through it during the lockdown, which is quite difficult when you don't know how long that's going to be. But so far, I've watched thirteen out of the one hundred and fifty-four episodes, <laughs> so still quite a long way to go. But it's been uh, superb so far, hilarious. Right. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about music though, and I'm going to talk about uh, the world's biggest album right now. That's After Hours, the new album from the weekend. 
the weekend's been one of my favourite artists since he first emerged about nine years ago with a very mysterious, enigmatic persona on his uh, his debut trilogy of mixtapes, which have been highly influential in the years since on um, a lot of pop and R&B. Um, he's always played this sort of anti-hero in his music, um, quite a dark persona, and I think some of those cinematic inf- character influences really come even more to the fore with this um, this album. It certainly seems to be modelled on um, various incarnations of the Joker, um, a little bit of, I mean, some Scorsese influence, certainly from the title of the album for a start. And I think anyone who saw the video for Heartless, the US number one single, can see that um, he certainly modelled a lot of it on uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I think what's really interesting is the video came out uh, late autumn, early winter last year, and features a bit of Las Vegas basically with um, empty streets, which I think looking back is quite an eerie precursor of uh, what happened when this album came out last week. Been a lot of amazing images of uh, Times Square absolutely empty and adorned with massive billboards advertising this new weekend album. So uh, that's a very interesting bit of foreshadowing. Uh, As an album artist, The Weeknd's been quite inconsistent. Following those first mixtapes that I mentioned, um, his three studio albums proper were pretty much marked by um, some inconsistency and a bit of filler amongst a a lot of strong stuff. Uh, But this album, I think, introduces the sort of cohesion and a little bit of nuance that he's been striving for with his music for such a long time now. Uh, the production throughout is pretty cavernous. It's a huge sounding album. And lyrically, there's a lot more self reflection than there has been in a lot of his material in the past. And I think um, through very subtle little changes, uh, this album achieves some of, the, um, some of the qualities that were elusive on previous ones. But I'll get into some of that. I've always thought that The Weeknd's one of the. Even though he doesn't really go for granular detail in his lyrics, I think he's always, he's been an excellent storyteller uh, over time. But some of his stuff is also quite referential in a way that you would normally associate with rappers. Like on the track Heartless, uh, he does refer to uh, Metro Boomin, who features on a few tracks here and I, I think is the best hip-hop producer of his generation. Uh, he does refer to him having made the beat on the for the song in the lyrics. So it's... Sometimes a bit conversational and playful as well, like that. I've always thought that, I mean, he's, the, whole, the whole aesthetic with The weekend has always been a big part of the cell. And for me, it's always had a very Ballardian sentiment to it, obsessed as it is with hallucinogenics, eroticism, and uh, more impliedly, death as well. Uh, there's always been a threat, though, of, bit of his stuff being kneecapped by the odd lyrical clunker. Um, there's still a few of those here. Um, some of the lyrics are a bit on the nose, and the the album's already definitely established its most famous or really infamous lyric uh, from the track "Snow Child," which is um, "Futuristic sex, give her Philip K. Dick." So, oh, <laughs> what the that, can't decide if that's outstanding or awful. Exactly, that is the that's the dilemma. But um, but uh, some of the, some of those lyrics are still um, you know more forgivable than some of his lyrical missteps in the past, like on the track "Pretty," which I think it really was 
glamorising domestic violence in a way, or on uh, Lost in the Fire by Gazafelstein, which featured um, another controversial lyric about um, being able to fuck someone straight, basically. But um, so yeah, there's always been there's always been an element of chauvinism and misogyny involved in some of the lyrical exchanges that the weekend plays with. Uh, musically here, as I mentioned, I think there's a lot more cohesion. So, much in the same way that his last EP, My Dear Melancholy, um, stuck to the same sort of producers and ones who, I think, were operating from a similar palette. Uh, there's a lot of that here as well. One of the most notable additions is um, one of Tricks Point Never um, stage performing name of uh, Daniel Lopatan, one of the most innovative electronic music musicians of the past decade, and who scored Uncut Gems, on which The Weeknd recently made his acting debut. That's how they came together. Uh, so that plays into this new album as well. Um, got uh, Ilangelo, long-time collaborator of The Weeknd, going back to day one, uh, contributing heavily here as well. Um, and in the, in the way that I think the EP that I mentioned My Dear Melancholy seemed to have quite a lot of French influence um, on the tr- on the title track here Ilangelo really goes for quite a Balearic flavour uh, and I think that track also is probably lyrically one of the most remorseful of the weekend's career I think the album has a lot of momentum but I think what really kicks it into another gear towards the end is the triumvirate of Blinding Lights, which has been a massive hit. In Your Eyes, which I think um, could go on to be a big hit next. And Save Your Tears, all produced or certainly influenced heavily by um, the Swedish producer Max Martin, who has a big role to play on this album. And uh, these tracks are all typical Max Martinisms, really. Heavily 80s referencing. Um, and The Weeknd's always enjoyed indulging some of his Michael Jackson fantasies. Uh, and In Your Eyes is marked uh, in particular by um, some quite spectacular arena-style saxophone. And then uh, as an epilogue to the album, the track Until I Bleed Out, I want, just want to mention because I don't think it's as good as, but it reminded me again of, um, of the closing track Privilege from the EP that I've mentioned a couple of times there, uh, which I think that, that EP uh, felt like a retreat back to some of his earlier material. And I think... Some of these different elements on this album sum up the fact that this is his most ever successful blend of those sort of original indie style influences that he came out with, the dark wave, dream pop, and the more the more mainstream pop stylings that he's moved towards on more recent albums. And I think this is the first time it really feels like it comes together, uh, and that's what makes it such a strong album. Um I think one of my personal standout tracks, though, may be Hardest to Love, um, because it has sort of jungly brick-style percussion that hasn't really been seen on a weekend track before. Um, So I think that's just a notable one to mention. I'm fascinated by his ability to remain so engaging, despite the fact that his music doesn't really display a lot of variety over time. It has introduced some new styles, uh, but I think it's the fact that they work together so well across an album here for the first time, plus the fact that his voice is so singular uh, and so recognisable. The vocals are very strong on this album, as they always have been with The Weeknd. And I think even if even if listeners can't relate directly to some of the material involved lyrically, I think 
when people listen to the weekend, everyone's trying to plug some sort of gap in the same way that he, in his lyrics, is always trying to rehabilitate himself, even if he does so in a damaging way. And I think that's what that's what really cuts to the root of the appeal of the weekend's music, um, into from a lyrical perspective. I think from the from that debut trilogy, uh, House of Balloons, the first album, where the weekend first emerged, is usually held up as his strongest artistic statement. But I think that's probably going to change now because I think this this could arguably be his best album. Uh, it needs longer longer to sink in and develop, obviously, but I think. It definitely, as I said, it's subtle, but it does a lot. It it much more perfectly does a lot of things that um, that he's done before, but that haven't been done as well as they could have been. Uh, and I think this this is the album where it fin- finally feels like his most satisfying statement. I think, uh, but I still think he's got more developing to do. Uh, he's not going anywhere, that's for sure. Um, and I'm sure there are going to be a lot more albums. Uh, from him in the future, given how ubiquitous he seems to be, even in a time of coronavirus, this is the you know this is the sort of coronavirus pop album at the moment right now, while everyone's uh, inside uh, reflecting basically. So that's my take on it. Very strong album, and uh, gotta say, uh, music's really slowed down at the moment. Artists are all pushing their albums back. Obviously, none of them can promote their albums, uh, but during this early period of the year. Uh, some of the slots on my end of year top 10 for this year have definitely already been taken up. I mean, um, Kevin Parker of Tame Impala um, produces uh, the interlude Repeat After Me on this album, uh, which is typically psychedelic stuff. And I mean, the, among other albums, the new Tame Impala album is um, is a quite another excellent one. And it really, <clears throat> it's funny how you start to see, see things in different lights given everything that's going on at the moment. I mean, that Term in Parlour album, The Slow Rush, is already... It was already an album about time, memory, and, um, I mean, it plays around quite deeply with those sort of concepts, and I think it's only been enhanced now by what's going on, so it's funny how uh, how um, life imitates art in that way. I can't say I've heard much of The weekend, except for there is one song that is seems to be everywhere at the minute. I'm guessing it's from the new album. Is there yeah, one particular that, mega it'll, hit? It'll be blinding lights, yeah. Right. Okay. D- does it um, sound? Does it sound like a massive eighties tune called from the Drive soundtrack? Kind <laughs> of. I mean, those were the exact words I was looking for, but um, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I. I mean, my main. I'm not, I can't say I'm not a fan, I can't say I'm a fan, I don't really know him, but I, I noticed him on in Uncut Gems recently. Um, is, mm-hmm. is that a one-off, or is that is is he looking to go into acting, do we know? I don't know, um, I haven't seen Uncut Gems yet, I was actually thinking I might watch it tonight, if I have time. Um, but I think... I mean, to be fair, he's playing himself, but you know... Uh... Yeah, and I don't know, I don't know how good it was, however, how good he was. He played himself brilliantly. He was really yeah. good. <laughs> I think he's um isn't he playing himself circa I think it's set in around two thousand and twelve, so bit of a weird one that. Yeah, yeah. I'll is, be able yeah. to I'll be able to tell when I see what hairstyle he I has. I think you'd like the film though, Michael, if you watch it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Um, I'm not I'm Sorry, I'll go on. No, 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 you carry on. I'm very delayed. (laughs) Okay. Um, I was just going to say, I haven't listened to masses of stuff from this year yet. I've been doing my top five of each year thing. Uh, Currently, I'm 1970 
two. Uh, I've listened to a few things this year. I've listened to Tame Impala. I've listened to Caribou and things like that. Um, not not enough yet though to really have massive opinion. And this is this one's on my list. So in the months to come, I'm sure I'll be um, catching up on stuff. Um, the weekend, I've it's always been someone I've enjoyed listening to, but I've never massively got into. <laughs> but um, I'm definitely intrigued to check this one out. Yeah, you should do. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, at heart, it's a pop album, you know, but it goes beyond that. Um, but yeah, I've always, as I said, I've always appreciated the um, the aesthetic and the style. So it's always been one of my favourites. And it's one of those people who who guests sparingly as well. So I think I've probably pretty much heard everything he's laid down vocals mm. on before. Um, so that's nice to have when you have that long relationship with an artist. He doesn't have that many guests on his tracks either, does he? Or at least didn't. Is it changed a bit? Or yeah, that's true. Compared to previous albums, there's nothing on here, and I think that again okay. is a strength, and it shows a lot, of, a lot more um, artistic confidence and courage. Uh, so I think yeah, it's a sign of a of an artist still developing in a great way. So yeah, that's true. Dave, uh, you haven't added anything on this. Uh, I know you're a man whose finger is, if not on the pulse, certainly hovering over. Um, any thoughts? Uh, I don't care for music. <laughs> there we have it. There we go. There has we anyone, have it. Has anyone got anything else they want to talk about? Um... Well, I mean, very briefly, I will say it's not a review, but recommendation. If you are looking for, um, you know, something to watch during this lockdown and you're a bit sick of uh, long-form dramas or movies, um, everyone, this is will be no surprise because everyone's talking about it, you must watch The Tiger King on Netflix. Um, one of the most bizarre documentary series you will ever see. Um, the less said, the better. Um, but it's insane. It's... Oh wow, yeah, yeah. It's like South Park in real life, but uh, set around animal parks. Uh, lots of mullets, <laughs> lots of guns, <laughs> people getting limbs severed, um, murder. <laughs> Brilliant. I've heard it sound. Yeah, it sounds pretty intense. I think I'll watch it. <laughs> it. It's hilarious as well. I mean, it's equal parts hilarious and horrifying. Like I said, you can't miss it. Everyone's talking about it, but it, it, it's worth the hype. Um, what would I tell you what I've got a challenge for us before we send off I want everybody to come up with a either a film or a TV series that nobody's talking about or very few people as a recommendation so maybe a chance for us to all experiment with something you mean does it have to so it doesn't have to be recent no no it's got to be try and pick something that's available for if not for free you know on a streaming service that mo- a lot of people would have so I, I i'll start with one um i would recommend i lost my body which is a french animation uh which is on netflix um it's about a it's kind of a romantic animation about a boy who loses his hand in an accident his hand becomes animated and tries to track down his owner um, and it's brilliant. I, d- I thought that was some sort of pun when you posted that in the group chat yesterday. I didn't know it was a film. No, it's really <laughs> didn't understand it, but you know. How how am I know uh, it's available? I don't I don't work for Netflix. Do you know what I mean? Well, you could you could have a search. <laughs> well, what, make, make your recommendation. Yeah. Well, 
Has any anyone got one ready that they want to get? It doesn't have to be at film. Go, go ahead, Dave. So, um, iPlayer have put a lot of um, box sets, as awful the word that is, uh, onto iPlayer uh, in the last week or so for exactly uh, people who are stuck at home. And I can never, ever recommend enough The, the Detectorists. It was, oh, a, okay. it was a comedy series. It was put on BBC Four. Um, I think that meant that not many people saw it. It is not highbrow it by any means whatsoever. It's very, it's, it's exactly the type of thing I think people are looking for right now. It is, um, it's very gentle. It's very heartwarming, but it's deeply proper. Piss yourself funny. Um, written and starring Mackenzie Crook uh, and Toby Jones is the other lead in it as a pair of um, metal detectorists going uh, and, and uh, yeah I won't say much more than that but it's it's really good all three series are on iPlayer at the moment kind of classic half an hour um, kind of episodes so it sounds like it was shit canned by the schedule by the, putting it on BBC4 which very few people watch and then with you saying it's not highbrow I imagine the BBC4 audience were not impressed <laughs> I'm looking for the metatextual narrative here and I'm not seeing it Precisely. I think I think they just I think it was served up as here's a script about some people who are metal detectorists and the people at BBC Three um, just shit themselves and <laughs> BBC Two weren't showing any new comedy bar Mrs Brown's Boys and so it ended up on BBC Four as the one that had three hours every evening of open broadcast space and that's where it, that's where it lived for a few years. I'm going to get on that. I've, um, I've heard that's really good, actually. Yeah, I've heard this before. I've never watched oh, it. It's, 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 it's beautiful as well. Like it, It's mainly yeah. set in them tromping around little Essex villages in on lovely summer days, and it's, um, yeah. Cool. Very yeah, cathartic at the minute, I think. Great. The, yeah, Michael, you've had a bit of time. Yeah, the, well, the only thing I can think of is there's a very good um, mini-series on Netflix called Losers about people who've about sports people who've lost in uh, high pro um, sort of uh, basically basically in, um, in in major sporting events and things like that and how they've well not all major actually and how they've bounced back or what they've learned from that it's uh, very much worth a watch I think there's an episode on curling which was particularly fascinating I thought um, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember the people involved, uh, but it was basically Canada in the 80s. And basically, one guy was like, he was like Jose Mourinho, but worse. He was like, he started, <laughs> he started, no, honestly, he started, this is what the episode's about. He started, when he, after he suffered a, a devastating loss, he started playing curling in such a defensive style that they literally had to change the rules of the sport. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that was my favourite episode. So. I love it when someone does that. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. I love it when someone plays a sport in such a way that they have to change the rules because it's just like this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's like obviously it's knobhead, but it's knobheaded, but it's really, you know. I, I, I would second that. I, I've seen I, I saw, I've seen this as well, Michael. Uh, the episode I got drawn in by the, the episode on boxer Michael Bent, but like you, I think the curling episode is the best one. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was just fascinating stuff. And lastly, Clive, what have you what have you got? I've just pulled one out of the bag. I was like, I'm stuck, I'm stuck. I've not watched anything on Netflix, on iPlay or anything, so I've just been playing board games and listening to music. Um, so, But I remembered that, um, of course, uh, 
on Netflix, the Ghibli films have been released and they're slowly being trickled out uh, and taken away in equal measure. Uh, so I've just checked what's currently on. It's going to change on the 1st of April, though, so this is gonna, I'm going to have to sort of give a couple of recommendations to make sure that it fits the game. <laughs> I mean, you could edit on time, maybe. Uh, boo! <laughs> but, I mean, are people going to listen to it on time, Dave? That's the problem. <laughs> they're going to go fuck that sounds great and then go on Netflix and it's not there and then they're going to be like oh, I've got to pay £2.75 for, to Google a big corporation at this time <laughs> not happening it's not essential so it's not going to happen um, so anyway on, I would recommend that you do uh, if I do manage to edit this in time and you listen to it in time get get off your ass. just pause the fucking episode and put Princess Mononoke on because on the 1st of April it's getting removed and that is the world's oh. biggest crime because Princess Mononoke is a masterpiece and one of my four favourite films of all time um, what are the other three? it's a sprawling epic is all I'm going to say about it um, <laughs> the other three do you actually want to know? because I've got yeah. a well, if, if, you have a, if you have a number as specific as four, you have to, I think you have to reveal the others. <laughs> it's just because it's up on my Letterboxd account. It comes up with your four favourite films. I don't know how it's worked that out. All right, it's an algorithm. Um, well, it must be something to do with how I've rated them, I suppose. Or maybe, I, maybe I've, I've probably put them in the box. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it's Boyhood Into the Wild and Alien and, and Princess Mononoke. Um, so yeah, Princess Mononoke is the one that at the minute that I'd highly recommend. Spirited Away is also on there, which is also great. Um, again, another note, you can, if you like someone who doesn't like reading subtitles, I perfectly think it is, well, it's acceptable anyway, isn't it? You're a bit of a knobhead if you think not, but um, the, the dubs on these are really good in my opinion. And I'll, I'll be honest, I watch them with the dubs because I like to see the animation rather than just reading at the bottom and missing all the beautiful animation going on. Uh, the dubs are good, so you can and you can do that on Netflix, you can put it into uh, English. Um, on the 1st of April, the one I'd recommend... <sighs> Whisper of the Heart, great shit. Oh, there's some good stuff. Just, just Howl's Moving Castle, they're all there. The Wind Rises, they're all classics. If you're really stuck, go and check out my top... Uh, I watched every single Ghibli film and put them into a list, because I am... Um, Bloody love lists. And... I just fucking love a list. Um, Elle said too. that it's a bit weird how much I love lists and cataloging <laughs> stuff. But I do really like them. <laughs> I've got a problem. Criticising my list is my second least favourite feature review. <laughs> <laughs> what about listicles? What are they? What's a, what's a listicle? Just a, a list, just an article where in a list format. Oh yeah, I love it, love it. I love it when they've got a really random number, like the seven, you know, best <laughs> ways you yeah. can yeah. do something. It um, turned out there were you know, not ten, not five. Yeah. 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 When, I, when I first got into board games a few months ago, um, I discovered a, a, a sort of YouTube channel slash podcast called Dice Tower, and they are obsessed with top ten, so it's my pos- favourite possible thing. So it's like top ten games with a G in the title, or just, just anything stupid. Um, yeah, it's just got endless. Great, but yeah, I did. I did a top top Ghibli films. Anyway, so read it. It's on stickaroundpodcast.com You'll be able to find it. Um, I can't remember what. I mean, Princess Mononoke was definitely number one. I can't really it, remember. It's which. my. It's Princess Mononoke is definitely my number one as well. I've got. I've got an original Japanese poster up in my house. Ah, uh, you would, wouldn't you? Wanker. Yeah. <laughs> Wanker. Wanker alert. <laughs> we need a sound for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> klaxon. Which uh, every every time I say something like that, or you say something like kaleidoscopic, <laughs> wanker, wanker. It's been years since I've said that. 
I mean, I did say tr- I did say triumvirate today, but you know. Yeah, that would have definitely got the wanker klaxon. <laughs> um, I don't think I caught that, but it has been cutting in and out for me. Otherwise, I definitely would have made a noise. <laughs> well, I just did it again, didn't I? So. <laughs> right. Um, I'm a no-nonsense host, so Clive, <laughs> plug me. <Okay>. Wow. <laughs> I mean, all right. Well, we're quite. Um, it's not. Possible at this is that time, Michael. It's not during, essential. You know, is it? these are, yeah. <laughs> it's inessential. Uh, Difficult to do from a two meter distance. Did so? Did everyone see the? Uh, sorry, just just before we have that, did everyone see the tweet? <laughs> the tweet yesterday where someone on um, Grinder, someone had offered to uh, shag them through the letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I had Michael. I also saw another one where somebody had said, "How do you fancy a blowjob?" And oh, some, he, he responded. He responded back saying, "Look, you know, it's not safe now." And he goes, "Well, I was trying to book one in in advance." He goes, "I'm not fucking Trivago." <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Book one in. Does <laughs> yeah. he know something we don't? Booking anything in at this point? Okay, plug time. Uh, at Stick Around Cast on Twitter, uh, Facebook.com slash Stick Around Podcast on Facebook. Uh, you can find, you know, when we put episodes up, it goes on there. You can find us on StickAroundPodcast.com, like I say. Uh, there's, there's some stuff on there as well. A picture of all of us, if you want to look at that, is also my Ghibli list. And every single episode, which uh, isn't possible on streaming platforms because I think it cuts it at 100, uh, just to love and figure out how to get around. Told you streaming uh, you was can... shit, didn't I? Yeah, exactly. Wank. <laughs> I'm going to start releasing physically. <laughs> on, on CD, just so Michael can put them all in his, <laughs> in his bookshelf. Set and vinyl. Um, although most of them wouldn't fit on a CD. Um, yeah, so you can find us on all that stuff. You can find us on any streaming platform. Just look for Stick Around. Uh, if you give us five-star reviews on iTunes, we'll love you forever. And we'll, we'll read out your review. Uh, even if it's a one-star review, we'll read it out. Um, completely sincerely and we won't take the piss out of you um, even if you do so as a promise and that's about it I think there's probably other stuff you can send us email stickaroundpodcast.gmail.com um, yeah send us stuff we're bored yeah but don't send anything um, physically because we don't want to catch your dirty germs um, <laughs> Should we have a pool, by the way, before we leave? Which of, let, Let's assume at some point we all get tested, which isn't going to happen, but you never know. Um, which of us has the disease and which doesn't? I'm going to say, Michael Johnson, I mean, you not, don't. That's not the pool, is it? We should definitely have a stick around host Deadpool. Okay, all right, okay. Um, <laughs> who Who's the most vulnerable? Um, Why were you going to say I didn't have it there? I'm intrigued. I think uh, I'm fairly likely to get it because Elle's still going out for social working. Uh, so oh, right, screwed. okay. I'm screwed. <laughs> right, yeah. I'll have Clive, I'll have Clive. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I not um, going to get it, Alex? Uh, you're far too clean. Um, you know, you're the... T- <laughs> You know, you're the type of person who has, you know, you're a bit brown toast to get a disease like this. You know, you, it's not going to happen, is it? Um, you just seem like the kind of person who's never once licked a tramp. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Um, and by the way, I will buy you a pint 
Um, if you lick a tramp now to prove it otherwise. <laughs> I guess not, Dave, Dave, based on locations, a, a fairly good shout. There's not many tramps in Eagles Cliff. I've got to be honest. No, this is true. And I'm not allowed, it, to, go it any, is a, I'm not allowed to go anywhere, am I? So. Yeah, it's true. Actually, you, Clive makes a fair point there. From a statistical point, surely Dave is the most vulnerable to this. Um, but you never know. I've probably got um, with. I've got an underlying heart condition though, so maybe it's me. I think we're all just agreed that Michael's definitely not going to die. <laughs> Which That's, that sounds like a okay. precursor to my definite death. <laughs> I didn't realise we were talking about. I didn't realise we were talking about who's going to die. Yeah, it's a Deadpool. It. It's a Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't know what a Deadpool was, so I, got, I just thought it was a film. <laughs> by the way, uh, by the way, Alex, um, I I said tramp at work the other week and got told off. Apparently, you meant to say homeless, so you're a bit racist in a way. Is it, they're not a race. Sure it's the same thing. That that in itself is discriminatory. If I, gone with, if I hadn't have gone with, you seem like the type of person who I would have finished with homeless person. But I thought that seems fairly uncouth to say person twice in a sentence. So I went with Trump yeah. to be couth. Rules of language <laughs> take precedence. Yeah, I yeah, like it. Right over your yeah. precious feelings. <laughs> no, snowflake. you're perfect. You put. You are perfectly <laughs> right, Michael. Cover snowflake. <laughs> is that is that right? Did I use that right? <clears throat> Michael, yeah. pull the reins back on this horse. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, yeah. Bit of a runaway. You're gonna regret away. giving over your hosting okay. responsibility. Right. This is the probably the last time uh, whether I die or not, this is probably gonna be the last time I host, let's face it. Um okay, so <laughs> I don't know how to go into this. Uh, it's good. It's goodbye from Alex. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from Dave. See ya. Goodbye from Clive. Toodles. And it's goodbye from me. So until next time, stick around. Stick around. Thank you all for listening Rest assured that you have found The best podcast in the universe It's Stick Around